Welcome to Rice and Shine, a show looking at life through the perspective of four Asian American teens in the Pacific Northwest. I'm Lauren. I'm Sophie. I'm Ava. And I'm Grace. So today, we are going to be talking about cultural differences. So as you guys may or may not be aware, we all have different cultural backgrounds. I'm a quarter Japanese, Sophie's half Filipino, Ava is 100% Chinese, and Grace is 100% Korean. So I thought with that in mind, I think it would be interesting to talk about our different cultures and places we've been and different cultural differences there because America can be weird. For example, the customary versus the metric system. To start us off, have you guys noticed anything with like your family members where there's like a um, disconnect or just like a difference there? Okay, so here's a story. When I went to Japan for the first time to visit my extended family, um, they were like, oh, you're kind of tall. How tall are you? And I was like, five-something? And the guy was like, do you know that in centimeters? I was like, no. <laughs> so I've been trying to get more into the metric system and trying to like think about that because I want to go and like study abroad when I get older and not be so like customary system brainwashed. Yeah, like what you said about your relatives asking about your height. I found that like pretty weird at first. For, I guess, Korea, I'm pretty sure not everyone does this. But like my family, my friends in particular, even, you know, some Korean people in the U.S., they'll ask me not only like my height, but uh, one time I was wearing like a pretty tight shirt and some pretty tight pants. And it was right before I ate, too. So, like, I don't normally always, you know, like, wear tight clothes. But it was right before we ate. So, you know, I was feeling confident. And my dad's friend was like, oh, my God, Grace. Like, your waist do be small. Like, (laughs) what's your waist size? Do be small. And my mom was like, oh, you know, it's blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, that's pretty normal. And, like, people... Um, I guess not people, but relatives will ask like about my weight or, you know, like Lauren, my height. And I feel like in America, that would be kind of weird if somebody was like, so like, what's your waist size? Like, that would be so weird. But I guess in Asian countries, it's like pretty normal. Um, I haven't actually had that many problems with like metric system and stuff. But in terms of my own cultural background, I actually haven't been to the Philippines, so I haven't been able to see the differences firsthand but I know a couple of them from my mom like the immediately noticeable ones like the road is really unorganized like she says it's really dangerous to drive on like if you go to the Philippines you probably shouldn't drive because it's a little dangerous Um, and also a notable thing they don't really have toilets like because the Philippines is less wealthy than um, the U.S. so most of the time you just like squat over a hole or something. Um, and that's, this is for like the class that my mom was in. So if you're wealthier there, I, there's probably toilets, but this is just like, if you're an average citizen and like when you shower, they have outhouses and you just dump a bucket of water on yourself. Um, so that's way different than how it is here. Like this is the norm for most citizens. Um, And my mom never got to experience what it was like to be on the wealthier side of things. Just keep in mind that this is just what my mom experienced. So this is just what I know about, you know, the Philippines from, like, an average citizen. 
yeah what you said about like the differences between somebody who's like poor and somebody who's just like mid-class and somebody who is like pretty wealthy I think it's like really apparent in Asian countries because I feel like from only pictures you either see the really really like poor side or the really really rich side and it's not like both sides aren't normally shown um for example I talk about like my parents and their backstory a lot but specifically like focusing on my mom like she's an expert in like Korean poor things and she knows all the tips and tricks all the hacks to like not get away with things but like make life easier for her for example like you know I can't give away all her secrets but ways to heat up water and um make like a little sauna type situation because like Sophie said a lot of poor people in Asian countries might not have the most like um I guess the most clean shower so uh this is one thing you can do you can take some really really hot water so boil it um on the stove and then you dump it into I don't know if they have these in America, but they're like big plastic, they're like kiddie pools, essentially, but a little deeper. And then you, you know, have like some laundry lines above you because it's a bathroom. And then you get like plastic tarps or like bags and you like kind of create a sauna. So it stays really, really warm inside that plastic like little bubble. So that's like one cool thing that um, I've seen some people do. Probably sure that, you know, they don't do that anymore, but it's like really cool and almost it's kind of sad that, you know, they have to do those things because they don't get like hot running water. Kind of on that note of like um, wealth gap, I haven't like, I don't know, but this is more of like a story from when my grandpa was young. So he grew up, like, during World War II, and then he immigrated over to the U.S. when he was 18, I think. And so he's, just because of, like, Japan was really um, impoverished during the war, and his family had a bunch of kids and all that, so it's always like, oh, eat all your food, and if someone's not going to eat it, then another person has to eat it. And double dipping is okay because you're using all this um, sauce and whatever. So that's just another thing of his. I don't think it's like necessarily like a kind of a cultural thing, but it's more of just a wartime thing, I suppose. Kind of going off of that like double dipping thing. Okay, I found it so, so weird when people were so picky about double dipping. Like before my friends and I would share like a sauce for fries, they'd be like, no double dipping. And then they'll be like, do you want a sip of my Starbucks? I didn't, I never understood why people like um, took sips of other people's drinks. I sound so angry about this, but I just, I just never understood that. I don't really think it's a cultural thing. It probably is. But another like sort of hygiene, cleanness related thing is that whenever I come home from, you know, school, just a walk in the park shopping anything we always jump straight into the shower you also never like go on your bed with like outdoor like dirty clothes um so when my friends would come over um they would be like 
rolling around in my bed and like under the covers and stuff and I would be like "Mm, I'm so uncomfortable um and I guess like you know it's different here than there um but yeah I think it's not just my family in particular like most Korean families are probably like really really um sensitive about that kind of stuff yeah I think in our house we do something similar like, obviously, we don't want outdoor clothes, like, on our beds. And I'm also a germaphobe, so that adds to it. But, like, taking off your shoes when you get in the house, because sometimes I see people walk around with shoes in their house. And I'm like, what are you doing? Take those shoes off right now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and some people, like, wear their shoes on their beds, and it makes me, like, physically gag. So that's really cool. And also, I have, I don't know if you guys do this, but I have, like, house slippers Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, you just Mm -hmm. switch your outside shoes to your inside slippers. Yeah. Yeah, I think similarly, like, when I went to Taiwan and, like, similar with China to visit my relatives, they always have a bunch of slippers, like, so many slippers. But I feel like here, I don't really wear slippers that much. I just wear socks. So, like, yeah. Did you know in Japanese schools, they have you take off your shoes, and then you have to wear, like, indoor slippers for the school? Yeah, it's, like, same for some restaurants, too. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Like, when you walk into those little cubed areas, I don't know what they're called, but... Oh, yeah, the typhoons? I don't know, but those, (laughs) the ones, they have you take off your shoes, and I always thought that was really nice, because, like... Obviously, I don't want to wear my shoes, like, in this indoor area. Do you guys know what jinjibangs are? Like, they're, like, Korean spas, but it's not as luxurious as it sounds. Um, Basically, I actually went to one when I went to L.A. with my dad, and honestly, I'm kind of scarred, but great experience overall. Um, Basically, you go in, and you check in, and you don't pay right away. So it's almost like it's a hotel and a spa like built in together, right? So you go in and you're like, hey, it's like me and this other person. There's two of us and they'll give you bracelets, right? And the bracelets have like little, I don't know, like electronic, uh, I don't know, money payment. Like they have like some sort of tracker on it, right? So you go in and then you go into the locker rooms And they provide, um, like, I guess, sets, like, pajama sets, I'm pretty sure. Like, I don't really know the English word for it. But you change, and then you go out, and, you know, there's, like, saunas, and there's, like, those really cold rooms, and there's rooms where you can, like, get a massage. You can, like, exfoliate your skin with um, this, you know, cream stuff. Like, there's so much you can do. Um, they also have those sponges where you can exfoliate uh, the dead skin cells. And I don't know, it's cool. They have like a snack shop too. So it's like you can get papingzu, you can get drinks, you can get all this stuff and you don't go and pay with your card. You scan the little watch thing and it'll like track how much you've spent. So if you want to get like a special treatment, you can just like scan the little watch thing. And yeah, it's really cool. Um, When you come out, you change out of the clothes, you change into your regular clothes, and then you just, you know, pay whatever amount the watch is tracked. 
Um, I think it's really cool because you can stay in them overnight. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. The one traumatizing thing is that, like, these people are bold. Like, they're, like, butt naked in the locker rooms, you know, just changing, you know, putting their skincare on, doing their thing. Um, that was kind of traumatizing. But other than that, it was, like, a really fun experience. So what you're saying kind of reminds me of Japanese onsens. And it's, like, the direct opposite. So in an onsen, there's, like, certain rules. So it needs to be, like, uh, geologically heated or something like that. It has to be, like, minerals in the water. And it's just a normal thing. And Japanese families, just, they'll come and it'll be a women's one and a men's room one. And you go in and you have to strip. So you're naked and there's a bunch of other people there. And you go into this, like, giant hot bath. And me and my mom went to one when we were staying at a ryokan in, um, I think it was Matsushima. But a ryokan is like a traditional Japanese hotel. And the um, onsen was so hot and there was no one else there. But like the whole idea of being naked around other people, like I could not do it. So I was like, okay, if there's other people there, then you don't have to come, but you just have to do it. And it was so hot and it was so uncomfortable. And most, I think, onsens are free. Um, but kind of reminded me of the Korean spa you were talking about. Korea definitely has those too. I think the English word for it might be like bathhouse. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. I like totally understand. It's so, so uncomfortable. And people are so like chill about it which is also, like, pretty interesting considering that in Korea, they're a little bit more conservative about, like, the clothes you wear, but you can, like, strip down naked in front of strangers and take a bath in front of them. So I thought that was pretty cool. I think something, like, I don't know, it's not really related, but Taiwanese foot massages, I feel like those are a staple in Taiwan. When I went, like, last, last Christmas, I think of, like, 2019, when I went to Taiwan, we went to so many foot massages. There were like so many. I cannot even express how many there were. And we just went to them so often. And you can like eat, you get a foot massage. And I remember when my brother and I used to go travel to Taiwan with our family, we would go and just watch TV there. And you get foot massage, you can eat like dumplings, you can order food. I think that was just a really big part of culture and when we went there that was just a really memorable part kind of jumping back to what sophie said about how like the roads in the philippines are kind of chaotic okay same thing for korea it's not as bad it might be bad i'm not quite sure i don't really remember i do remember though like we were on the highway and we were going to the other side of korea and if you want to get to the other side of the country it takes like four hours so we were on like a little road trip and my aunt and uncle were sitting in the driver in the passenger seat and they were like hey grace do you want to like come sit up here with us and i was like uh what do you mean and you know that like little lift up thingy between the seat yeah they were like you can just sit here next to us and my mom was like huh And I was like, wait, can I? And I did. And I like sat on their laps and nobody was wearing seatbelts. Like, I don't really know why they even had seatbelts because I don't remember ever actually using one. So 
I don't think that's pretty cool. I think that um, safety is important, but I don't know if they still do that. I just know that I felt really cool um, for, you know, not needing one. Yeah, I think that's very similar to China. When I used to go as a kid, we would always just squeeze in like four people when it was supposed to be only three and like not really wearing seatbelts. It's pretty chaotic there, especially with like the roads. But also something sort of on that same topic, I feel like cars aren't really that big. I mean, I'm sure people do have cars, but I know my extended family in China, they don't really have cars. It's mainly the metro and everything. And when I went, I feel like most of the time we weren't, we were going like in the underground subways and everything. And that's pretty, like, it's not very similar to the US. So that's one point. Yeah, that's just like Japan. Like, that's such a huge part of um, Japanese culture is the subways and the Shinkansen. And everybody takes that. Like, very few people have cars. It's mostly just taking the subway, especially in the big cities, because it's so accessible and there are stations everywhere. And also, what I thought was interesting is almost every city in Japan drives on the left side of the road, except for Osaka. Back to what, like, Ava said about um, the really, like, crowded streets and not a lot of people having cars and, you know, using um, subways. If you don't really know what that looks like, but you, like, live in America and you've been to New York, it's definitely not the same thing. But as somebody who was born and kind of raised there, I feel like it's sort of the same idea. Like, no, nobody's going to be like, oh, yeah. I'm going to take the car out today. Like, you know, there's, you can walk, there's subways. And um, also it's like really crowded in New York. Like not a lot of people just live on houses with, you know, yards and stuff like that. Like a lot of people live in apartments or, you know, shared buildings and stuff. So it's kind of the same idea. Um, The overpopulated, the pollution, the subways. Oh yeah, something that really sets um, Japanese subways apart is that it's so clean. There's never litter anywhere. Like, you could probably, like, lick the walls. I don't, I'm not saying you should. I'm saying you could. But it is so clean. And also, what I think is really interesting is that often on the subways, there will be a women's only car because sexual harassment is a really big thing especially when it gets so packed, like, during working hours on the subway. I totally get that about, like, the clean thing. I remember, like, not really, I don't really want to say, like, shady, but I guess not very, like, updated uh, places we would go to. My parents would be like, oh, it's a little dirty in here. And I'd be like, mom, dad, like, what are you talking about? And then we went to Korea And it's so, like, no matter um, how, you know, poor or rich people are, like, most of the time, um, public restrooms are pretty clean. And, uh, like, restaurants and buildings, like, they're they're pretty, like, (laughs) they're pretty clean and they're pretty updated. And I thought that was interesting how, like, I guess my family in particular is pretty sensitive about hygiene and being clean and that kind of stuff so I'm not sure if that's a Korean thing or my family thing but it's definitely something different from the U.S. not saying we're dirty 
but you get what I mean. I think for me, it's like completely different. Um, so my mom went back to the Philippines for the first time in a really long time. And she also brought my dad. Um, and my dad said that my mom didn't poop for a whole week because she was like, she didn't like the public restrooms or any of the restrooms at that because um, they were not clean. Like the bathrooms there there are really dirty. The showers there are also really dirty. Um, so everything in the Philippines is just, well, this is for, like I said earlier, like the average citizen. Um, everything is pretty underdeveloped, um, which is a bit unfortunate because like, we don't really realize how privileged we are to have like nice restrooms and stuff like that until you see what it's like to not have those things. Cause my mom was kind of traumatized because she obviously lived in the Philippines, but going back there after living in America for so long was really different. And same with my dad. Um, and speaking of my dad, um, while they were in the Philippines, people there, this sounds really weird, but they really like white people. So my dad got treated really well <laughs> for having oh, no. light skin, right? Um, and being so, tall. And probably. being tall, yeah. People, I don't know why, they're like fascinated by white people. Um, and that was just really interesting to learn about. And so whenever my Filipino relatives see me, they're like, whoa, you look cool. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't look Filipino, but I also don't look white. I just look like in between, I guess. And me and my brother actually look completely different. Like he has um, light eyes. I have really dark eyes. We have different eye shapes and skin and stuff like that. So it was weird seeing how they re reacted to that because like it's not very common to have mixed kids in the Philippines just because like it's only Filipinos there. So that was also really interesting, I think, because in America, it's more diverse, I think. Yeah, to play off of that um, bathroom part, can we talk about, like, squat toilets? Because I think in China, squat toilets are more, is it, like, a cleaner option? Because you're not actually touching anything. You just go to the bathroom. But I couldn't figure out how to use it, and I had to, like, look it up. But I still didn't know how. I, like, used a wiki how tutorial when I was in China. <laughs> Except for it didn't work. So I, like, couldn't go to the bathroom. And I always had to, like, wait until there was, like, a regular toilet, you know? Kind of same thing with Sophie's mom. Um, my mom had a bit of a family emergency over quarantine. So currently uh, she is about to get her second dose of the vaccine and she got her citizenship. Yay. Yay. So she can potentially um, travel to Korea sometime maybe next year or, you know, whenever she can. But I'm really excited and almost nervous to see how my mom reacts to being in Korea after almost 10 years of not, you know, going there. And I think it's really important for her to be around family after what happened to her family. And I just really hope that she has the best trip. But also, I hope she brings me back a bunch of presents because I don't know about other Asian countries, but stuff in Korea is a lot cheaper than stuff in America. Um, and I don't know, it's just so like cheap and everything's so cute. And I'm just really excited for, you know, all the stuff she's going to bring me back. I'm really excited for all of the clothes she's going to bring me back. But yeah, 
And you guys know how much I love Korean fashion, so. Yeah, same. I think um, my dad especially was really shocked by the price of things in the Philippines because there they use uh, pesos. And one peso is like equivalent to one U.S. cent, I'm pretty sure. So basically really, really cheap. Um, so you you would go to like a restaurant and they would order whatever. And then they would tip like one dollar and the people there would be like shocked. They'd be like, whoa, that's a lot of money. So that was that was really, really interesting because here one dollar is not a lot at all. You can't do anything with that. But then you go to the Philippines and it's like a crazy difference. People are so thankful for that small amount of money. Well, small to us, but big. So yeah, I think it's really like cool how there's such a big, well, not cool, but just interesting how there's like such a big difference between here and the Philippines. And I keep like the Philippines is, I think a little different from, you know, China, Korea, and Japan, just cause it's a little more underdeveloped from what I know at least. But the thing that really sticks out there is like, the natural beauty that they have there. Like I know lots of tourists go there and go like scuba diving and snorkeling and stuff because the reefs there are really amazing. And since the Philippines is so small, my mom is like basically relatives with everyone there. So when she went back, they were like, Oh yeah, that's my uncle. We can get like scuba diving access or whatever. Like there's all these connections. So she was able to take my dad to all these different, like sightseeing places and all these really cool opportunities um, that that are just like common in the Philippines, but are really special uh, to Americans because I guess here um, there's not much natural beauty that has been preserved. Like there's trees, I guess, but that's not that's not super special, I think. So I think a lot of tourists are really shocked by that, but. Um, I think the Philippines is really known for its beauty, but then people sometimes turn a blind eye to the issues that they're having, like, like I said, being underdeveloped and things like that. So it's kind of, it's interesting how some people just nitpick the parts that they want to pay attention to and the parts that they choose to ignore. Connecting sort of back to the tipping point for you, Sophie, I think in China, it's not really common and also in Taiwan to like tip. I know it's pretty big in um, like the US to tip, but you don't really tip much. It's not really as significant. And I feel like a lot of restaurants and like places, it's not really expected to tip. Is that like the same for any of you guys, for your guys' yeah, cultures? Um, in Japan, you're not like supposed to tip. Like if you tip them, you'll g- they'll give you your money back. It's like, you're not supposed to. It's just a whole thing. I don't know really why, but you just don't do it um for korea i believe you do not tip but the thing is i feel like customer service there is um a little bit i feel like it's friendlier i might be wrong um i think it's kind of subjective but at least for me i feel like because um in korea you use formal language to strangers it does feel a little bit more polite For example, like in restaurants, uh, instead of being like, ayo, waitress, you'd be like, emo, or like, ajinma. And it just feels like it's definitely a different atmosphere compared to um, customer service or restaurant service here in America. 
Yeah, I think that's really similar to Japan with the whole customer service thing. Um, it's just like typical to be polite. Like you bow to everyone. Like if you're in someone's way, you'll just be like, awesome, and then you'll bow. Um, but about like the workplace, um, this is something really big that I noticed, but it's not customary for um, students to get jobs. That's only for adults. So like, for example, if you go to a McDonald's in the U.S., it'll probably be like high school students working there to get money, right? But if you go to Japan, it's all adults and it's this very like systematic thing. Also, another thing, I think masks are pretty big in like Asian countries because it's pretty common to wear masks to protect yourself and others when you're sick. And I think that's really relevant to right now in a pandemic. I feel like a lot of the Asian countries like Taiwan and places, they've done pretty well with handling it because they're so used to wearing masks and i feel like in the u.s they're pretty resistance toward resistant toward masks which is kind of weird i i mean not weird but it's different <laughs> what do you guys think yeah like in japan if you go to a convenience store there's like a bunch of masks there and that this when i went to japan it was almost three years ago now so way before the pandemic and it's just totally normal to have masks yeah, I remember um, one time, this was back in October of 2019, I'm pretty sure, um, I was wearing a mask because I was pretty sick, like, I just wasn't feeling my best, and everybody was like, oh, why are you wearing a doctor's mask, like, what's wrong with you, um, and I don't know, it was just, like, a really weird thing. And to me, it was, like, perfectly normal, but I guess to other people, they weren't used to, like, um, I don't know, people being considerate. Okay, so, like, I was talking about convenience stores earlier. Um, In Japan, convenience stores are just a thing, I guess. And um, there's 7-Eleven, there's Family Mart, there's Lawson Station. There's all these different convenience stores, and at the convenience store, it's not, like, a gas station convenience store. It's, like... A totally different thing because they have this really good food there like it's like i don't know not what not like a gas station hot dog it's like really good um sandwiches or onigiri or just anything like that and grace and i were talking about this the other day and didn't you say this was a thing in korea too i feel like here in america if you say that you're gonna like grab lunch from a convenience store it's not like i don't know it's not really looked down upon, but it's kind of out of the ordinary. Like, what are you going to get? But in Korea, they have, like, samgakimpap. They have, like, um, they actually have a lot of, like, instant ramen and instant noodles. And they provide hot water. Um, they have, like, sausages. And uh, you can even put egg. You can, like, buy eggs from the store. You can make your ramen in the store and then put the egg in the ramen, like, you can have a full-on meal, and I think um, in Korea, they're called pyeonijeom. I think, like, pyeonijeom lunches or, like, dinners or snacks, it's, like, not a bad thing. Like, it's definitely not, like, the most healthy, but it's not food that's going to kill you. Um, and I feel like here in America, um, some people can be kind of, like, cautious about eating convenience food stores because it's really cheap. Um, it's good, but it's really cheap. But in Korea, I feel like it's really um, well-made. 
yeah, when I went to Japan, I think 2014, so a while ago, I was really surprised with the array of food they had in like convenience stores. Like we would go to like a random store and they would have like full on meals and really nice food. And that's something I really miss. I think it's also similar with Taiwan, where they also have like underground food courts where the food is super good. Like they have whole on like underground malls and everything. And it's really nice, which is I don't think you really see that in the US. So kind of off of Ava's, they'll have really good food in like the train stations in Japan and the subway stations. So there's this really famous um, sushi place. It's called Jiro or Jiro's. Um, and there's this Netflix documentary about it a while ago. And that's located inside of a Tokyo train station. And it's like three star Michelin. It's this whole thing. And it's something you would never expect from, like, an American's perspective. Like, if you say, oh, there's this food place in a train station, you'd expect, like, some kind of, like, not very good cafe. But there's this super fancy um, sushi place there. And you need, like, almost, like, a year's, there's, like, a year-long wait list. Yeah, also on that, like, Michelin star, I feel like, are there really Michelin star restaurants in, like, the U.S.? Because I feel like in China or, like, Taiwan... There were tons, like it was more common than I thought. And I don't really see that in the US or maybe I just am not educated, but yeah. So we talked about a bunch of things here. And I think for our last question, what is one of those quote unquote differences that you would like to have here in America? I talked a little bit about this earlier and I feel like a lot of Americans are being more aware and conscious because of the pandemic, but other people's hygiene and just being clean in general should be um, a more talked about thing. For example, like drink sharing, like straw sharing. I don't know, you can do it. Like it's really a personal choice, but it will never be my thing. It has never been my thing. Um, I'm just not comfortable with it. And I think that's another thing, respecting other people and Um, their decisions and their decisions about their space. So if you go over to someone's house, whether they are Asian or not, and they're like, hey, can you take off your shoes? Or, hey, can you not like roll around in my bed? That's where like I sleep. And um, you want to make sure that you're not like, oh, ew, like, why is that even a rule? Like, calm down. You have to respect other people's decisions and I think it may be hard for some people to understand but as somebody who was raised by two Asian parents um, some people are just like really sensitive about those things so I think it's really really important to uh, be aware. Something I want to see implemented sort of in the U.S. or something I miss is obviously the food aspect I feel like (laughs) I love food so good food is important and also, I feel like the transportation systems are really efficient in Taiwan and China. Like, you just hop on a train or, like, the metro and you're there. And it's super, I guess, organized and really efficient. So that's something I want to see and I miss. So, yeah. I mean, I think it'd be nice to have um, better food. I know the mangoes in the Philippines are really good. And then I get mangoes here. And they don't taste good. So better mangoes for one. And two, I think cleaner transport systems. Because sometimes you get on like the train and there's like gum everywhere. And it's like, 
I'm a germaphobe, so um, it's kind of makes me really upset. <laughs> and oh I just, God. like, refuse to sit anywhere or grab onto anything. So I'm just kind of standing there, which it's not the safest thing. So cleaner transport systems and also normalizing masks. Like, now that we start wearing masks, I actually kind of like it. Like, I don't know. Keeps me kind of warm and also safe. I think for me... A transport system like the Japanese um, subways and Shinkansen, all that, I think is really cool how they're able to have these trains that are cheap and widely used while also being clean. And I think that's also mask wearing being so widely implemented. I think we'll also see that as the pandemic is ending, that people will still be cautious with that. So we'll kind of get that, um, get a taste of that, hopefully. But I think that's about it for today. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Rice and Shine Podcast, and listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcasts at Rice and Shine.